How kind. You guys are so awesome. I'm going to jump right in because of that whole time thing in front of me. So listen, when you're old, you need someone to say something kind to you. Come on, give it up for being old. Come on, give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Now, most of you are young out there, so I hope this message touches the oldest and the youngest that's here today. He was old. In fact, the Bible says he was so old that he came to the point where he was disappointed in God. Now, you don't expect to hear that at the start of a sermon, right? But the longer you live, here's what you know. God is faithful. Here's my famous line so you can laugh right up front. Ready? God's never late. He just rarely shows up early. Come on. No, no. He never shows up on our timetable, right? No. He doesn't do what we want when we want it done. But God is faithful. But now this man, it, it was even worse for him because, see, when you're a priest, you're supposed to be spiritual. When you're a pastor, like Pastor Paul, Pastor Nikolai's here today. I'm going to introduce you to him a little later. When you're the pastor, you have to act like you're spiritual all the time. Come on. You can't say, I'm disappointed in God. You just can't do it. By the way, you should. By the way, let me tell Paul, you should let your people know when you have disappointments, even with God, because God can handle it, because God is the God of the universe. But this man, he had more than disappointment because, you see, he had begged God his whole life for a child. And in the Jewish culture, if you didn't have children, it was a disgrace. Did you hear that? If you didn't have children, it meant God didn't love you. Now, this man had prayed and begged God, probably for a son, for a daughter. Never happened. Now, he remembered all the times that he held his wife when she would cry and say, everyone else is having children. Every time they'd see a new birth, they would celebrate it because they're the pastor and the pastor's wife. Celebrate everyone else, but the pain inside of them raged on. So he had held her many times. Most likely, she'd had a number of miscarriages, most likely. And so she had wept, she had cried, and they were disappointed with God. But what do you do when you're the pastor? What do you do when you're the priest? You're the one that says God is always faithful. God always comes through. And yet we never preach those verses, do we? In Hebrews where it says some were beaten, some were flogged, some were sawed in two and never got what they were promised. We never pre I never preached that passage. And yet the passage says the world wasn't worthy of them because they had learned the Old Testament phrase, even if God doesn't deliver us, we'll be faithful. Even if we're thrown into the fiery furnace. God will deliver us. And if he doesn't, we won't bow down. So this man knew the deepest of pain. God hadn't come through. And yet he was a priest. He was a priest in the lineage of the most faithful. Now, I bet he prayed this way. Now, you don't know this. We're not Jewish. I wish we'd study the Jewish culture at least a year so we wouldn't be such bad American Christians. Come on, laugh. We're just bad Christians. Because we don't understand what it means to be ashamed for not having children. It wasn't God. It wasn't God who did that. God loved them. And I wish we'd study how that though we pray and pray and pray, we, don't, we shouldn't pray harder. We should just trust God. We shouldn't beat ourselves up for this, but we do. And so if we studied the Jewish culture, we would know that God is faithful and that 
It was an honor to serve him. So Zechariah had to every day go in and sit in a room because they would draw lots. Who's going to serve in the most holy of holy places? And I bet if he were honest, he would say, he prayed most of the time, don't choose me to go in there. Come on. Don't choose me to lead a church. Don't choose me. But this day, this, this day, read Luke chapter 1 today. This day, his lot was chosen. And so he had to put on that spiritual facade, you know, like we do at Sunday. Like all of you look pretty spiritual walking in here, but I know the truth. You know the truth, don't you? If you knew the sin in my life, you wouldn't listen to me, right? But if I knew the sin in your life, I wouldn't talk to you. Don't look so righteous out there. The point is, he had to go in and do his spiritual duty. There's days, Paul, you had to get up and preach when you don't feel it. But you know what? I encourage you. Not if you feel it every Sunday, but when you really feel depressed over, this is our ninth building to try to find. Come on. I knew today that this was a spiritual crowd because you didn't know how to get here, and you got here. You're also smart. You're smart. But when you're discouraged at a deep, deep level, let them be there for you. Tell them. If T is broken on some of them, tell them. When your kids become teenagers, right now they somewhat obey, but don't worry. They won't. <laughs> then you need, I never forget, my board let me not meet with the board for six months because I was at the school every day for Brady Bunch, you know, his senior year. He'd walk out of classes. He, he had ADHD like me, but he would just shut down. And, I, and I'd, I'd go visit the principal almost every day. Let the church be there for you, okay? So Zechariah went into the holy place, and he was burning incense, and then an angel appeared, Gabriel. <laughs> I love the scripture. It said he was startled. Oh, really? A person emerges is right there. Of course he was startled. Now, you got to follow this. Gabriel said, God has heard your prayer. Zachariah, you're going to have a baby. You're way too old to have a baby. He could have been 70, 60. Who knows? But he wasn't just 42. He was too old to have a baby. And Elizabeth, who's going to give birth to this baby, the angel said, she's way too old to have a baby. And guess what Zechariah says? Come on, we all do this. Zechariah says, how can I be sure this is going to happen? What he's saying is, I don't believe you. Come on, people say, I don't believe you with me. I don't believe you, God. I, don't be I can't believe you're doing this, God. And what he's also saying is, who, me, Elizabeth? It's not going to happen. And guess what the angel said? Because you didn't believe what God said would happen, you will not be able to speak until the baby is born. Now, let me tell you the most, the worst phrase a pastor can hear, you can't talk for the next nine months. Come on. I told Paul in the first service, if you couldn't talk in the next nine months, you'd probably remove him as a pastor, or maybe you'd celebrate and grow. Come on, who knows? That's just funny. No, he's an awesome speaker. I'd come every Sunday. He always touches me. I hear every week, Paul, I want to tell you this today. I didn't do it in the first service. Every week, I hear from people that I minister to in Indiana that miss Paul. We, he was our favorite communicator. No, they tell me that. And they mean it. And he is. Come on, give it up for your pastor. Give it up. But God says, okay, I'm going to kick him off here. God says you're not going to be able to speak until the baby's born. Now, can you imagine? Come on, let's have a little fun here now. 
He's got to go tell Elizabeth, we got to try one more time. Come on, people, have a little fun out there. You guys are way too righteous for me. He's too old. He's got to say, you're going to have a baby, and that takes us both trying one more time. Did you get it that time? And she's thinking, you're crazy. Now, he can't talk, so he's got to come out communicate that she's going to have a baby. And she does get pregnant, and she surely can't believe this story. And guess what it says in the scriptures? She went away for five months in seclusion. Come on, when you're pregnant at 70, go hide somewhere. Come on. (laughs) Bottom line, God did what he promised. And guess what we always do? Who, me? God, this this can't be happening. I'm too old for you. I've said that up until a year ago. I'm too old for you to use me. And guess what God says? He ignores every excuse we give. And if we'll trust him, he'll use us no matter how old we are, no matter how young. So fast forward to Mary. Read chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Luke today. And guess what? An angel appears to Mary. She's probably 14. Let me find the young people there. She's at the most 15. And that Gabriel appears to Mary. Are you ready for the good news here? It's really bad news. Mary, you're going to have the Messiah. You're going to have the King of Kings. He's going to rule over the house of David. You're going to have a baby, and you're going to be impregnated by God. Come on, young people. You know, I wrote a book called What Are the Odds? Would you say it with me? What are the odds? Come on, louder. What are the odds? What are the odds? And Mary's got to be saying, no, God, Joseph's not going to buy the story. Come on. That you impregnated me. Look, she signed the purity card. Are you with me? She says she won't have sex before marriage. Joseph has signed the purity card. And now she has to tell Joseph, I know you won't believe this, but an angel appeared to me in a dream and told me I was going to have a baby and be impregnated by God. People, that's not a dream. That's a nightmare. Come on, that's a nightmare. But this young 14-year-old, now listen to me. Guess what she says when the angel says that? How can this be? How can you use me? Are you with me? That's what we all do. We always say, God, I know you use other people, but I'm only 14. Look at me, all of you that are in your teenage years. Raise your hand if you're in your teenage years. Raise your hand. Look at me. More than anything today, if God in that still small voice says, I want you, say yes. Your life will be unbelievably changed forever. And he doesn't care how young. In fact, I've learned that no matter how young, if he speaks to you, he has something great for you to do. Amen. So say yes. But she says, how can, how can I do this? Now, fast forward just a few days. She's trying to explain it to Joseph. Joseph doesn't buy it. Come on. Come on. Joseph knows. You get pregnant one way. He has to be involved or someone else has to be involved. So... He was a godly man, we're told. So he said he was going to put her away privately. You know what that means, don't you? Send her away. Come on, you've seen it maybe in your school. Hey, if someone gets pregnant and they're ashamed, send her away for nine months. Like people still won't find out. Come on, whatever. Bottom line, he's going to put her away quietly. And the Holy Spirit appears, same angel. God's good. 
He sends the same one. Come on. Gabriel shows up in a dream and says, God impregnated your wife-to-be. Stay with her. He still sent her away to Elizabeth. Now, this is where it gets real fun. Mary now believes, and she walks in, and Elizabeth is almost five months, six months pregnant, and the baby leaps for joy. Come on, people. This is awesome. See, you guys don't know this, I don't think, but Cassie, I'm related to your children's pastor through my wife, through the second mother of the third cousin. Who knows? But I'm related. I think she's my second cousin by marriage. She's awesome. But let me tell you something. When they called me and said, we're pregnant with our fourth baby, there was no leaping for joy. Come on. That was the biggest surprise of their life. They had just moved here. They were going to start ministry with Paul. Her children were growing. She could give herself full time to ministry. And guess what happens? She's pregnant. But the baby leaped for joy inside of Elizabeth. Now, I'm going to teach you a phrase. I don't want you. God always gives me a phrase. I don't, it's just my life. It's the way I speak, I guess. He thinks I can only understand one phrase, so he gives me one phrase. Ready? So I want you to say it with me. Ready? We all get stuck. Come on, people. This is so deep. Say it with me. Man, I love you. Let's go. We all get stuck. A little louder. Ready? We all get stuck. And guess where we get stuck? We get stuck. Why me? How can you use me? Now, here's what's great about really good preaching. In case you don't know if this is good preaching, this is actually awesome preaching. That's what my pastor says when he's proud of what God gives him. God gave me this, so I'm not taking any credit. You find it everywhere in the Bible. Moses at the burning bush. You with me? God says, I'm going to use you to deliver the children of Israel. And he goes, come on, say it with me. Who am I? And you know what I love about that passage? Go read it today in Genesis. Ready? God never answers the question. Come on, people. Who am I? Well, you're nobody. If God answered it, we'd feel depressed. He doesn't answer it. Guess what question he answers? Moses gets no answer, so he goes, Who, what will I tell him if I go? Who are you? Oh, God answers that question. You know what it says? I am who I am. You know what it means? And see, we should be Jewish for a short time. We should go back to Israel. We should, be, we should understand this. You know what literally translate means? Oh, this is electrifying. I am the God who makes things happen. Whoop! Come on, people. You guys, you guys are sitting there like white people. I hate it. Come on. <laughs> Only people of color are with me here. I'm going to preach to you guys. You guys. I am the God who makes things happen. I can give you a baby at 60. He impregnated Mary, the Holy Spirit. I can make things happen. Paul, you need to put this in your spirit. It's the only thing that sustained me. When I didn't think we could have a building, when I didn't think we could find land, God would say, I'm the God who makes things happen. And it was ten and a half years later. It wasn't when I wanted it. He didn't show up early, but he gave us that, that land. And we believe, however God chooses to do it, through generous givers or through just gifted land, this church is here to stay. Somebody shout. Awesome. Come on. This church is here. I don't care if you're in nine different places. You have been raised up for a special purpose. You're not special. I'm not who am I. I'm nobody. I was born in Newton Falls, Ohio. You guys know this. Our zip code is 44444. We're dumb. Come on. We can only remember one number. Nowhere in the United States do you have one number except Newton Falls, Ohio. Come on, people. 
Who am I? Nobody. I was raised in a trailer. No, it wasn't a, a double wide. No, it was on those cinder blocks. It was ugly. Come on. Laugh. Go ahead. Go ahead and laugh. I can now. But it was painful. Some of you have been through some dark things, and you don't think you can trust God. Look at me. He is the God who makes things happen. Don't ever again say, that's okay to have moments of doubts. Who am I? It's, not, it's about God, not about you. You know that. This church is about God. That's why it's going to thrive. Now, here's the deal. We all get stuck on our pasts on our sin. Come on, look at me. We get stuck. God can't use me. I'm 49 years old. I'm a pastor. I've raised up a church with God's help. And my wife tells me she's been abused as a child, and she says she can't be married. And she leaves. Look at me, people. And I'm done. And I say, God, you can't use. I'm divorced. And I go to a clinical depression, and I can't function. I can't even get out of bed. And then God, in that still, small voice, eventually whispers, I want you to do, you know this sermon, I preached it here, what only you do. And he says, I'll use you a different way to find yourself in Paul, to find yourself in Ryan. You know what my wife tells me every day? The three church planters you love the most are wired like you. You just like yourself. Come on. That's awesome. That's what she tells me every day. Why are we giving so much money to these places? Because I found myself. Come on, people. And what I found wasn't Robin Wood. That'd be a disaster. I found someone who said, I'll go wherever you ask me to go. Listen, I'd never been to Phoenix, Arizona. Now, fast forward. I want you to whisper. I get stuck. Come on, say it to yourself. I get stuck. Say it again. I get stuck. And today, I want to show you what removes the stuckness. That's not even a word, but let's go for it. Only God can remove it. But guess what he does? He's so great. He sent Mary to Elizabeth. Come on, track with me. And they got unstuck together. You need someone you trust. You need your pastor. You need someone like Dan who's planting campuses all over. You need Pastor Nikolai. You need Svetlana. She's amazing. See, my family's never been there for me, so guess what God does? God, amen. You preach better than me. Keep going. He gives you someone else. He gives you a spiritual mom or dad. He gives you a spiritual brother. No, he does. He changed my life. My dad's not there for me. My mom's not there for me. My mom's gone now, and I'm grateful. She had so many problems. She's with Jesus. But listen, she wasn't there for me. Some of you have that story. You raised yourself with God's help. And I was far from God raising myself. And then he said, Robin Wood, I want you. Come on, people. Remember your conversion. I want you. Because Jesus died for you. I'm not talking in a Western way now, just private me. No, I'm talking he did that for everyone in this room. It's awesome. Change your life forever. And every young person that believes that today will have a different future. And every older person. So guess what happens to me? This past June 16th was my 66th birthday. Come on, it's only one sixth from the mark of the beast. Come on, people. And I get invited 
to Siesta Key. I have a place in Sarasota where I come down to coach. I share it with a friend from college. By the way, can I teach you something? You don't have to have money. You just have to know somebody that does have money. Come on. You don't have to have your own condo. You just have someone that will help pay for it with you. Come on, enjoy. So Dick Robbins, who was the best player I ever played with in college basketball, went in with me on my condo so I could keep it. And God's used that now as a place to honor people like, like Paul and Tia that get away, to let Nikolai and Svetlana stay there, to let over 30 church planters stay there. And now he lets me come down there and stay moments at that to coach. And in a miraculous way, I can't take you through the story, I met Pastor Igor. So Pastor Igor invites me. He's our Russian church planter in Sarasota. Been in my life now a couple years. And he invites me to the beach. He said, you had to meet one of my heroes, Pastor Nikolai. Would you sweat Lana and Nikolai? Come on, stand up. Stand up. Give them a warm welcome here, would you? I can't believe they're here today. So almost a half year ago, God bless you, you can sit down. I'll embarrass you more if you keep standing there. Listen, these people are remarkable. I went to the beach to meet them for the first time. It's midnight. They go, they want to celebrate my birthday. It's June 15th. When the clock turns, the first minute, they want to sing to me in Russian, happy birthday. Come on, people. And so I go down. I find them on the beach. But we're on the beach. We don't have a cake. I thought they were going to have a cake. They go, let's go find a cake. It's midnight, people. So we went to 7-Eleven. They go, come to 7-Eleven. So we go to 7-Eleven. They buy all these little cupcakes that look like little birthday cake. They buy all the candles. They buy all the pop, all, all the potato. And I'm having a fun time. They're buying all this. They go up to the counter, and nobody has money. And guess who gets to buy? Come on, me. I got to buy my own birthday. It was awesome. So I bought all stuff. We went to their condo. Now, here, I had short time in the first service. I'll try to get through this. I hate that clock. I hate it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're going to love this story. They sing happy birthday to me in Russian. Can you throw up the birthday cake? They actually had a cake at the condo, by the way. 7-Eleven found these little cakes and candles, and it was under 100 bucks. Amen. <laughs> See, I got to pay. Under, it was right $99 I got to pay for. Okay. All right. Turn me off. Whatever. Then I, then I said, God has blessed me, and I, I gave a prophecy that someday I'd get to go to Belarus. Okay. After that, Nikolai says, will you come in September to dedicate our first ever building? And I felt so unworthy. I said, I can't do that. Nikolai, I met you tonight. I'm not the one to dedicate your building. You are. You've been faithful 25 years. This guy's been faithful in a rented facility. He started the church for 25 years. And now they're building to seat 1,000 because they have three services. They have over 1,000 every it's amazing. And he says, promise me you'll come. And I finally learned at an old age, just say yes. I don't know how I'm going to get there. My CPA just told me, how did you make so little money this year? I promise you that. That's what my CPA said to me. You made a third of what you made last year because I raised money for nonprofits. You can't ask people for money during COVID-19. So I made a third of what I made a year ago. But I said, yes. I quit saying, who me, how God, whatever. Okay, God, I'm going to say yes. And I went back and I told my pastor, who's Paul's pastor, Greg Paris, who loves this church. He'll be preaching here in, in February. See, he gets to use my condo. Come on, laugh. It's awesome. <laughs> He's going to come down for two weeks because we all hate Indiana for three months. You don't want to live there during January through Whatever. I don't ever want to live there, but I fell in love in the wrong city. Okay, I'm getting off track. I'm losing my time. Here's the deal. 
I went and met with Pastor Greg, and I tell him the story. And I've asked Greg, not for me money, but for planters, eight times in a row that he had to say no because we don't have it. And he mentioned they led me to Kyrgyzstan as well in my mind and Bishkek. When I said Bishkek, Pastor Greg goes, Robin, how did you meet a pastor in Bishkek? That's part of the vision God gave me 40 years ago. Greg doesn't cry because he's wired like your pastor. He doesn't cry. But he got emotional and he said, Beth and I will pay your way to Belarus. Unbelievable. And we will pay Igor's way. I go, now, Pastor, I didn't ask you for Igor. Yeah, we're sending both of you. It'll probably be about $5,000. And I got to call and say, I'm coming. Come on, people. God is the God. Go ahead and clap for that. God is the God who makes things happen. You have to believe that. You don't have to, but it's the truth of the gospel. And I could say, I'm too old. I'm not the one. My funnest moment over there was, out of, I preached six times like in five days or whatever, and, and then they forgot to schedule a preacher for Sunday night with the young people. And listen, there were great speakers besides. They had like five or six people speak. They were amazing, I thought. And I had an interpreter that did the whole interpretation for me, even while I listened. It was amazing. And the young people voted for Robin Hood to preach. Come on, they voted for me. Come on, give it up. They voted for me. And I got to preach to those kids, and over 25 of them came forward for full-time ministry. They said yes to God. By the way, they gave me five minutes to prepare. Come on, I need usually four. Come on. So I had a minute to get a glass of water. Man, it's awesome. Be ready when God gives you an opportunity. When he, in that still small voice, says, here's the phrase I want you to learn. Here am I. Send me. Not who am I. Here am I. Would you say it with me? Here am I. One more time. Here am I. Send me. Don't get caught in your past, your sin. Listen, before I got up here today, all those things keep me stuck. As I drove down here, I said, God, you know I don't. I thought things would be different at age 66. See, I made a list yesterday. I want you to do this later today if you're older like me, or even if you're in your 30s or 40. What you thought would be different as you matured, okay? I wrote down, God, I'm disappointed in myself. I thought I'd quit getting mad at the person taking my order at McDonald's from that speaker and getting it wrong every time. Come on. Come on. I should just be calm about that. When they don't get the sweet tea, just drive around. They'll give you one. Instead of saying, did you hear me? Where are we missing each other? Why do I say things like that? Why do I say such a kind of condescending thing? I don't need to do that. I thought I'd quit yelling at people in traffic. What good does it? They're in another car. They can't hear you. They're not going to change. Now, let me get real personal. Oh, I know you're going to look real spiritual when I say this, but you're not. I thought I wouldn't have some sexual challenges that I have. No, I, I thought some of those temptations would go away. Look at me. No, no. You need God the rest of your life. And he, he's not going to remove those challenges. He's going to provide himself. God will get you unstuck. But he's not going to remove it. And you have financial challenges? You always will. God wants to be the provider not to protect you from anything that could go wrong. Listen, I had a prophet, remember? Peter Kumar was there. So 
I didn't tell you the really funny part about this story. They asked if they could pray for me that first night. What do you say after you have a birthday party? You say, yes. They didn't tell me they were going to pray for four hours. Come on, people. <laughs> they prayed till 4 a.m. I promise you. It was unbelievable. I never, I've never had that experience. I don't have some of those gifts. It was amazing. The next night, they came to my condo, so I felt a little safer. They wouldn't stay that long. I was wrong. Come on. They asked if Peter could prophesy over me, and he did. And the next time I'm here, I'll tell you what he said. But here's the deal. They prayed for me another two to three hours. It was awesome. And it's changed my life. I'm not too old to change. You're not too young, too old. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. And I want you to whisper to God, I need unstuck. And you fill in the blank. Just tell him. Whisper it in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Just tell him, I need unstuck in this area of my life. This temptation always devours me. I keep falling here. My attitude hasn't changed here. God, I want you to change me. I can't do it myself. I'm powerless to change myself. I need Jesus, his Holy Spirit, to get me unstuck. And now I want you to pray one more thing very quietly in your spirit. God, lead me to a person I can trust to tell him where I'm stuck. Because you won't get unstuck by yourself. And you won't get unstuck because you pray only. You will get unstuck as you confess your sins one to another. Lord Jesus, in the next moment I pray that you will whisper to everyone here, I choose you. Will you go and do what I ask you to do? Will you believe my voice, no matter how old, no matter how young? With every head bow and eye closed, I got time to look to my right, your left, in this far section over here to my right, if God has spoken to your heart to get you unstuck and you know he's forgiven you, you know that you need him as Lord and Savior, would you look up and make eye contact with me? You know his call is on your life and you want to say yes. God bless you. Anybody else want to look up? God bless you. Got you. In the middle here, as God said, I'm going to use you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless I love you. I know some of you so personally. It's awesome. God's not done using you. I'm going to look here to my left. God bless you young people. He's going to use you the rest of your life. And you're still going to be broken at times. He's going to use you. This is powerful. God bless you, sir. We're going to do more beyond our age of 60 than ever before. Anybody at the far left over there? Just look up and make eye contact. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. God bless you. God, thank you for everyone who responded. And we ask that our lives would always be rooted in your son, Jesus Christ. That we wouldn't say, who am I? We would say, here am I, send me. And I pray this under your powerful protection of your Holy Spirit and guidance of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen.